Well, good morning. Now we made everybody cry. I brought, like I brought my Kleenex. This <laughs> last service, I forgot my Kleenex. Yeah, the last service, she forgot her Kleenex. I'm up here like, don't look at it. Look away. <laughs> but I tell you what, it is a great morning, and we just want to welcome everybody and wish you a happy Mother's Day. Uh, one of the things that's a benefit to this Mother's Day weekend is it's not raining today. Okay, you like that. And let me take a quick moment and welcome. I know we have a lot of guests with us today because usually whenever we have a holiday like this, we have a lot of uh, family and friends in celebrating this holiday uh, just as we honor mom. So if you are here as a first-time guest, let me welcome you. My name's Jay. This is my wife, Stacy. We're the lead pastors here at Journey, and it's a privilege to be able to have you with us today. And also, I want to welcome everybody joining us online right now. What a wonderful thing to be able to join you live in your home and just spend Mother's Day with you as well. So, church, let's give our guests and all those joining us online a great big Journey Church welcome this morning. Uh, there's nothing like Mama's Day. That's right, and we are so glad that you're here to celebrate with us. Um, how many of the moms love to take pictures? Like I know I love to take pictures of our family, right? We have okay, two. Hold, hold on. Pictures. How many of the moms in here like to take pictures? Okay. Yeah. Let's back up, guys. How many of you in here hate to take pictures? Okay, that's what I thought. There's a lot of honesty going on around Seriously. here. <laughs> Everywhere we go, my wife takes a picture. Yes. Like yesterday, we were, we were coming home. We stopped in, in Brookhaven, Mississippi, ate lunch. We're walking out. She's like, let's take a picture. I'm like, I just ate grilled chicken. We don't need to, like, record that moment in history. Yeah. But ladies oh, love no. taking pictures. Am I right, ladies? Yes. Yes. Mother's Day, you got to take a picture. Well, especially on such a day as today. And so we have not just one, but two picture spots available for you in the foyer. So make sure that you get a picture with your family today. And if you put it on social media, please hashtag journey moms so that we can see that. Yeah. So we're really excited that, that you're here with us today. And so I know that video was quite the tearjerker. Like I said, I grabbed my Kleenex um, this go around. Uh, now, now we, we are parents of three grown sons. And so when I look at that kind of video, if they, they really couldn't have made that about a boy because all it would be would be a, just a hot mess, a dirty room with mold growing on food underneath their bed. I mean, that is like, I mean, toys everywhere. It would just be a hot mess. That's boy. what it's like being the boy, mom of boys. Boys are disgusting. Just for guy, sure. Hey, for sure. True story. Just, just a little nappy for sure. So, um, but I know that, that, that video, I apologize for, you know, we always joke that, that he can, he can make you laugh and I make you cry. I picked that video. So I'm sorry, but it, it definitely is an illustration of just how little time that we have with our kids because they grow up so very fast. In fact, I was reading something recently that gave a statistic that I was kind of floored by. It says that um, we have less than 1,000 weeks with our children from the time that they're born to the time that they move out of the house. Less than 1,000 weeks. And I thought, God, that's not very long. Now, in the middle of raising your kids, it feels like 100,000 yeah. weeks that you might be facing, but it really is a short amount of time and... Um, and so we don't want to miss any of it. So like I said, I'm a mom of three grown sons. Um, I have one that is married, and then I, the, uh, the younger two are in college and working. And so um, it has been quite the adventure in our home. We are to the place where we're almost empty nesters. And so all of these different, woohoo! 
So it's coming. And we keep saying that almost. We're almost there. So um, hopefully, eventually. we're trying to get them out of school. So. You know, we've gone through all of these different phases that, that you saw on the video, and then we have crossed over into a new milestone. How many of you can guess what that milestone is? Oh, Grandparenthood. It is, it is sweet. We are loving it, loving it. And after having three sons, we now have a granddaughter. And so this is a lot of fun. I have been so outnumbered all of these years, being the only girl in the family. Now I have Brittany, our daughter-in-law, and, and our new grandbaby, Olivia, and we are just so excited. Girl power in the <laughs> Coleman family. Very, very excited. So, um, so we are now grandparents, and I am officially a nana, okay? I'm nana. Yeah. Do not call her grandma. She, she does not like that. And don't call me mama. Mm -mm. And she's like, I'm I am nana. a nana. I'm like, okay. I am nana. And so a lot of people are like, you know, we show pictures of Olivia a lot of times, and a lot of people have asked, you know, when are we going to meet her in person? And so I would like to take this opportunity this morning to introduce you to Miss Olivia in person. So Brittany, Brittany. would you please bring her out? Bring her out here. This right here, this is Nana's sweet baby girl. Come here, you. Mm. Yes, we're oh. just a little smitten. Yes. Hey, now, here's the thing. Uh, grandparents would tell me before we were grandparents, like there's no greater feeling in the entire world, and you really cannot understand that until you hold them for the first time and you get to love on them. And I mean, your heart is, you cannot describe the way your heart feels. And I got to tell you, it's a good thing having another girl in the family. And she has all of her uncles wrapped up. She's got me wrapped up. And I got to say, this one right here, uh, my son did very, very well. Uh, she, she is a treasure. And uh, the... We, and, and this is her very first Mother's Day. Yeah, her first so. Mother's Day. She's a mom for the first time. And here's the cool part. Uh, I was actually a little concerned because I'm going to be 100% honest. I'm just sharing my heart. Uh, Tyler married way out of his league. And uh, <laughs> I was a little concerned that he was not going to be able to close the deal. And uh, Brittany picks with me because the first time that I met her, uh, Stacy and I sat down with her and Tyler and, and we, we spoke with them. And I said that, you know, I kind of interviewed her. She said I interrogated her. And uh, she said that she, she was scared. And, like, I, I left to go to the restroom, and Miss Stacy smoothed it all out. Tyler was like, uh, Mom, what is Dad's problem? And I'm like, just want to make sure she's the right one. But I got to tell you what, I'm so glad that he closed the deal because he got a treasure. And I just have to tell you, good work. Good work. Yeah, good work. Okay. So, so let's go ahead and give her another good hand clap, and I'm going to let you... Yep, there's nothing Whew. like being grandparents, that's for sure. Got to take a moment. <laughs> now, Need my Kleenex. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, here's the cool part. We've spent a lot of time leading up to this weekend talking about what is it that we imparted into our kids? What, what is it that we impressed on them? Because uh, there's a scripture I want to share with you here in just a moment. And uh, I, I love this passage of scripture. It is one, let me kind of give you a little background here. It, it's a scripture that whenever the Lord was giving the children of Israel what they needed to be productive and prosperous, what they needed to grow in their relationship with him, he's giving them instruction. He's giving them the commandments and, and different instructions for them to follow. 
And we, as, as parents and also as grandparents, we want to make sure that we impress. Everybody say impress. That we impress the right things into our children's lives, into now our grandchildren's lives, and into their hearts. And here's why. I want you to listen to this scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. And uh, it shows us this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. In other words, everything that you are as a person, my strength, my mindset, my heart, my soul, everything. I'm going to love God with everything that I am. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Now, now, a lot of times we hear stuff and we're like, eh, that's not really a big deal. But let me tell you what, the principles of God's word applied to our life are a big deal. Amen? Yeah. And he's saying here, you got to commit yourself wholeheartedly to these things. And I love verse 7. Repeat them again and again to your children. In other words, they're so important for us to live our lives by that they become our life. And we talk about these things to our kids on a continual basis. Carry on. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. In other words, what he's saying is the ways of God, what the word is, we need to apply that continually. We need to talk about it. When you're putting them down at bed at nighttime, when you're sitting at the dinner table, when you're hanging out in the living room, when you're driving to Walmart, talk about the things of God and repeat them again and again to your children because that is what life is made through. So we want to make sure that we are impressing those things on our kids. Right, yes, because one of the other translations actually uses the word impress. And so we need to be diligent to impress the right things on our children's heart throughout all of these different phases that, um, that they walk through. And so, you know, our children, they walk through different phases, but, and when they do, our role as a parent has to shift, Okay, and so we, because we have been through each phase and now our, our kids are grown, um, we just kind of wrote down a, a few of these phases that we can like discuss and discuss where the, the kids are at and where we have to shift in our role in parenting as, as well. And so first of all, you start out with the infant and toddler age, kind of like where we are with Olivia. Okay. How many of you in this room and those of you in the foyer, how many of you have an infant or a toddler at home? Raise your hand. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Quite All a right. few. Okay. So our role always is as caregiver. Okay. Because we, we are to take care of them, to look out for them. Um, but as an infant and a toddler, um, we operate as one who trains them, teaching them just Every, everyday survival skills. I mean, I know that I watch Olivia one day a week. And so let me just tell you, things, things have changed from 20 years ago. You know, um, it, it's, it's different now to, to have a baby again in the house. I forgot. You forget, you know, as, you, as, you, as things change, you forget how things are when they are, are very little. And so I'm looking at, oh, I remember being able to do this with my boys, and now I get to do this with my granddaughter as well. And so, you know, we're, we're training them and we're taking care of them because they need us for, for every little need. And when they're hungry, they scream and they let us know about it. Yep. So, um, so we, I, think I, I think I shared this last week, but we actually kept her for three and a half days mm -hmm. while the kiddos were, they went to uh, Atlanta to a conference. Lord Jesus. Yeah. 
we, I, I love her. Yes. But man, at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning, she's waking up and I'm like, go to sleep. Yes. When you're not used to that, you know. And then she'd wake up the next morning and she'd smile. I'm like, I love you. And you're you. like, we are just. Forget all that. You, you are know? the best ever. Yes, totally, totally changes. So after they come out of their infant and toddler stage, they go into elementary. Okay. How so many of you in here have elementary at home and in the You're foyer? in that phase. Okay. Or at least one of your kids right. is in that phase. Okay, so you're still the caregiver. Okay, because I mean, they need us to make sure they have clean socks, they need, you know, food, every, everything, we're taking care of them. But, but then we also become their biggest cheerleader when they're young and at, the, at that age. And we operate in the role of teaching. We are constantly teaching them. We're training them. Now we're teaching them and we're, you know, cheering them on and um, building their self-esteem, helping them to develop. I, I personally thought that this, this phase in life, the elementary age, to That's me fun. was about the funnest because, I mean, they're, they're able to go to the bathroom by themselves. Yeah. They can feed themselves, you yes. know, that they, 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 they can, can sleep through the night. They can sleep through the night. But the, this is the age where you're having a lot of fun with them. You're, you're mm -hmm. teaching them how to, how to throw a ball, catch a ball, you know, run and play and all that kind of stuff. It's before they get to the cool phase where they're like, I don't do any of that. That's not cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, yeah. I enjoyed that phase. Right, then they're too cool for us because yeah. when they move into being a teenager. That's the next phase. Yeah, how okay. many of you have how teenagers in need of support have teenagers? group as of right now? Anybody in the foyer have teenagers at home? Okay, hold yeah. on. If you have teens at home, keep your hand in the air. Keep your hand. Lord bless them. Yes. Lord keep just encourage them. That is a special season. Peace over you. you a know, special just, season. That's, yes. Oh, yeah. Your, your role shifts, and it, and it can become more challenging, for sure. Extremely challenging. Um, you're, still, you're still the caregiver. They still depend on you an awful lot for their immediate needs, um, especially when they need money, $20 here and there. Um, you're, you're, you're still cheering them on. You're encouraging them. They need to know that you're in their corner. Okay. But then you also become their coach. What? Well, I was just, I was thinking you said something about money and, oh. uh, my boys aren't teenagers anymore. And, uh, I noticed you still. Okay. <laughs> Let's discuss this later. <laughs> okay. So I got distracted. I, I lost my thought. <laughs> Now I'm distracted. <laughs> okay, but especially when they're a teenager, they ask for money, okay? Yeah, sometimes it continues. Okay, so you're coaching them, okay? You're coaching them to at some point not ask for money anymore. Okay, so you're coaching them, and it just reminds me, you know, a coach blows the whistle, and, you know, like, like hey, don't, don't go that far. Come back over this way. Hey, you need to, you know, giving direction, giving guidance, coaching them to go in the right direction. Your, your job shifts to um, encouraging them to make wise choices, um, encouraging them that the decisions that they make, even at that age, can affect them in the long run, and that there's good consequences and there's bad consequences for their actions. And so that is probably one of the more difficult stages, um, but you have to remind yourself that this too shall pass, okay? Now, I had all of my, my boys real close in age, like the first two are only two years apart, the, um, 
younger two are 14 months apart. And so, I mean, as soon as I would get one out of like, you know, the terrific two sta twos stage, you know, well then the next one was going right into it. So these phases for me lasted a very long time <laughs> sometimes, you know. And so it did feel like uh, 100,000 weeks, you know, instead of just uh, less than a thousand weeks to get them to the age where they're, they're grown. And so we, we feel for you if you are in this particular <laughs> phase of life with teenagers, but do know that um, the Lord can give you supernatural strength to um, endure well, and come out on the other side. And, and this is what I'm going to tell you. You know, in reality, you think about these things, being the caregiver, the coach, the encourager, the, all the, this builds because whenever they get into those teenage years, they need someone to help teach them, train them. You are still, uh, you know, caregiving to a certain extent. Uh, you are their cheerleader. And, and here's the thought. A lot of times we approach the teenage years like this. Ugh, oh, man, they're going to be teenagers. I enjoyed the boys' teenage years. I got to be honest with you. It, it was, there were challenges that we faced. Uh, but we just, we approached those challenges with knowing that the Holy Spirit would lead us in those things. And here's what I'm going to tell you. I do not want you, because we go through all this stuff and we talk about our experiences, and it's easy to get the mindset of, well, Pastor Jameis, Stacy, everything was always great in their house and angels, ooh, you know, all that kind of stuff. We're real people just like y'all. And there are a lot of things that we face with, with, our, with our kids, our sons, as they were ra being raised up. And, uh, and we just had to trust the Lord through those things. You know, there, there are times whenever, you know, we, we've had to not just coach them, we've had to referee them uh, as, as they get into things. And, and then there's times whenever, you know, we, we've blown it as parents. Maybe we've lost our cool and, you know, we didn't respond. You know, maybe through the Holy Spirit, we responded out of our emotions. And it's a learning process, moving forward, constantly learning as, as you're parenting. So... Uh, I, I just say this as moms and as dads, y'all doing a good job. That's okay. right. That's right. And so once you can get them past, you know, their teenage years and then they move into adulthood and they become young adults, this, this is a whole nother shift. And our role as parents becomes that of being a mentor. And um, so we, we need to operate as one who shares wisdom and insight with them. Now, they may not ask for our advice that's when we simply pray for them you know knowing whatever situation they may be facing but when they do ask for our advice you know we try to share with them the best godly wisdom that we can depending on the situation that they're facing yeah i struggle in that area a little bit because sometimes they don't want my advice but i want to give it anyway right uh any other parents know what i'm talking about and uh, usually that's whenever they, they, they listen to you with, you know, like, Ugh, and but they, they don't, you know, put it into practice. But uh, I'm learning, okay? I'm a work in progress, and I'm learning that it's better to just maybe back off a little bit and pray and allow the Holy Spirit to move in that situation. Right. So Yeah, and a lot of times, too, um, you know, at the age that they're at now, being young adults, you know, they'll be, I can tell that they're struggling with maybe a decision to make or whatever. And so I might just, you know, simply say, well, why don't you, you just pray about that, you know, pray about it and ask the Lord what, you, what he thinks she should do, you know, and, and we'll be praying about it too. And just, just as a little, you know, backup support, you know, and, and, and that way they're reminded, okay, I don't have to do everything in my own strength. I need to depend on the Lord for the, these big decisions that, you know, are, and a lot of them are life 
life-changing and life-altering decisions um, that will, you know, have effects from here on out. And so, you know, we, we give that advice. We pray that they will listen to our advice. And a lot of times they come back and oh, yeah. say, you know. The sweetest words you'll ever hear in your entire life. Dad, I think you were right. You yeah. know, that, it's yeah. like, what, say that again. And you're like, hallelujah. Yeah, <laughs> finally, you were listening. So <laughs> that, that's a very exciting time uh, <laughs> as being parents, for sure. So these are the different phases that they go through, right? And so um, what we want to talk about today is like how we can make the right impressions on our children, you know, no matter what phase or stage of life that they're in. So as parents, what do we need to be impressing on our children? Okay, that's the question. So I want to look um, in the book of Proverbs, which is the book of wisdom. Okay, let's look at Proverbs 22, 6, and it says, Start children off on the, on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. And so I just want to encourage you today that, you know, like it said in, in Deuteronomy about impressing on, on the hearts of our children, you repeat over and over again. Again and again, you say the same things, and that's okay because you're sowing those seeds in their hearts, and as they grow older... They're going to be reminded of that. That's going to come back to them, and they're going to remember. And so I just want to encourage you that to not lose hope in, in whatever um, phase that you're in right now, that, um, that you're, you're sowing those seeds, and you will see fruit from that yeah, in conti- time. Continually do that, because it is easy to get discouraged. Like, man, are they, are they getting anything are they from listening? this? Are they even listening? And here's what I'll tell you. You just continue to plant those seeds in their life. Elementary teenagers, even whenever they're, they're young adults, you just continue to plant those seeds in their life of, of God's word and those encouraging words and prayer time. And, I, and you watch what, what God does. I, I have said this many a time. I am here as a result of a praying mom and a praying grandma, parents who continued to sow seeds in my life, even whenever I was rebellious, even whenever I was running from God, even whenever I was doing my own thing. My mom, my dad, my grandma still prayed for me, still sowed the right seeds in my life. And eventually, those seeds began to grow in my life. And the Holy Spirit drew me to relationship with Christ. And so I'm telling you, those seeds that you're planting in their life, they matter. Okay? Look at your neighbor and say, that's good stuff right there. Okay, so what do we need to impress on the hearts of our children? So the first thing, I believe that we need to impress Scripture on their hearts, okay? The Bible shines truth and light on every situation that we face. And as parents, we need to be helping our children to understand and to memorize scripture. You know, um, there's a saying I love that you put God's word in your heart when you don't need it, so it's there when you do need it. And so as parents, we need to be instilling God's word in the hearts of our children, even if it's if it's not something that you know, you, that they need at that particular moment, it's going to come up at the right time when they need it. And so that needs to be that needs to be our goal because it says in Psalms 119, 105, it says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And so, you know, as, as parents, we, there'll be a time we may no longer be here to give guidance and direction for our children, but God's word is forever giving direction and lighting their path for them. And so we want to sow those seeds and impress the word of God on their hearts. You know, when our boys were, were younger, we, um, 
we started teaching them scripture. I know we, we've talked about how as we were growing up, our moms would write scriptures on index cards and, you know, post them on a mirror and put them on the refrigerator and just wherever you turned, there was some kind of, and that, that really is how I learned certain scriptures where, um, you know, the translation of the way that my mom wrote them out. And so, um, and I'm so very thankful for that being sewn into my life. And so we've also tried to do that for our kids in different ways. Um, you know, raising them in church, bringing them to church, uh, setting that example that, you know, we go to church as a family and that this is important that we go faithfully to church as a family. And then allowing, you know, um, J kids, kids church, you know, to to teach those um, scriptures. And it's not that we just depend on just bringing them to church to teach them the word of God, because at home we need to be doing, we need to be reinforcing all that they're learning at church as well. A church ought to be the reinforcement for what we're teaching them at home in actuality, okay? Um, but we have to set that example to be faithful, to bring them to church and to impress God's word on their heart in that way. And, and you know, in reading them Bible stories, what, you know, at bedtime, praying with them every night before they go to bed, setting that example and praying scripture yeah. over them. I, I do want to throw this in there. We need to raise our kids with the mindset of church is not an, is, is one, it's not an, an option, it's a necessity. Okay, because a lot of times we raise our kids up and they think, oh, we go to church, it's very important until something better comes along. And, and we get them to that. We need to raise our kids with church as a necessity. It's something that's a part of our life. It's something that we do on, on a continual weekly basis. I remember growing up, we went to church uh, every week. And I remember one time I had a soccer tournament that we, whoa, we made the finals. And it was like, well, I'm not going to get to play tomorrow because it's Sunday. And I remember my mom sitting me down and telling me, this one time we will do this. And guess what? That was the only time. And we had church that morning before we left the house to go to the soccer field. But you know how many times I remember missing church for a soccer tournament? It was one time, okay? Because in our family, church was a necessity. We didn't raise it up. Our, uh, we were not raised up with, well, it's optional. We may or may not go. It was a part of our life. And, and we see that taking in our lives, that seed that was sown. So... Uh, I, I love what you're saying about reading stories and going to church and all that kind of stuff because we're instilling that, impressing that on our kids' hearts. Right. right, so, and especially like the example that was given about praying with them at nighttime and then, and, but that's how I learned. My mom, when she would pray over us, she would pray God's word. And so that it was another way that I learned how to, um, to memorize scripture and to pray scripture. And it's a powerful thing to, when we speak God's word, and especially in prayer. You know, here recently, we were, uh, another thing that we would do for our kids was um, watching VeggieTales. How many of y'all have ever watched VeggieTales before? Oh, yeah. Bob and Larry, I mean, how cool are they, right? Okay. That's good stuff, I'm that just is. saying. That is, okay, so this mama bought every VHS tape of VeggieTales. If a new one came out, we bought it because we loved that, and my kids watched it all of the time. Well, the other day, we decided to look up on Right Now Media. They have VeggieTales. 
And I'm like, I want the original, like the original ones that we watched a long time ago. So we were introducing Olivia to VeggieTales, right? Well, let me tell you, all the adult people in the room, we were sitting there singing yeah, all, all the VeggieTales All Veggie the boys, Tales 20 years old. And so then we started talking about, yeah, my favorite one was this. Or when we sang this silly song, that was my favorite. And I thought, you know, what an awesome tool that impressed scripture and God's word in the hearts of my kids. And I just think that's awesome that they can look back on that. And so I'm like, Olivia is going to learn veggie tales. We're going to have so much fun when I watch her on Wednesdays. I'm, just, I'm, so, sing, I'm singing it now. <laughs> Broccoli, celery, gotta be veggie tales. Yay! He said he wasn't going to sing this service, but he did. He did. We thank you for that. I love it. I love the awesome. entertainment. That's great. Okay, so how can we impress? <laughs> these Never know what's going to happen at Journey Church. So let's sing along right here. <laughs> All right. Now, let, let, me, let me jump in here real quick and throw something in. We're talking about the practical side of it. When your kiddos are little, you can do those things. Sit, let them sit and watch VeggieTales and sit there with them because they're going to teach them scripture. They're going to sing songs. They're going to teach them the basics of the Bible stories and all those types of things. Having our kids in church. Let me, let me reiterate something she said. Uh, if you come to church, uh, on average, the average uh, believer, this is the statistical average, goes to church on average about 1.5 times every six weeks. Okay. Uh, I'm just quoting statistics to you. So what that means is every six weeks, and an average service is about an hour and 15 minutes. So every six weeks, if you're an average church member in America, your kid's going to get about, what is that, about an hour and about maybe two hours of church within them, it's, uh, scripture and all that kind of stuff. And so here's the thing. It is important to be faithful to church, but... It's important to be faithful to church and it's important to be faithful at home as well, okay? What I mean is what she was saying about re-impressing the Word of God within their hearts continually. In other words, because if you're counting on Pastor Kelly and Casey and Kids Church to teach your kids all about the Bible, and they've all, you're here every week, they've only got it for an hour and 15 minutes every week. And if you're here on, on Wednesdays, they got them for another hour, but two and a half hours versus you having them all week long, it's a big gap, Okay. We're going to do our part, but at home as parents, let's make sure that we're all doing our part and pressing the word of God on them. And you say, well, what about when they're teenagers? You know, like, you know, well, being involved with the, you know, the student ministries is important, but you might say, well, what are the little things that I can do at home to impress scripture on them? Well, you heard her talk about our parents writing scriptures on index cards and posters. I've talked about you, all that to y'all quite a bit, but one of the things that my mom would do uh, even whenever I was a teenager, like, oh, I don't want nothing to do with that. She would do things like she would write a scripture out on a sticky and put it on my, in my bedroom, or she would get, she bought me a little devotional book one time and laid it on my bed. Like, Hey, I got this for you. Or she would tell me, Hey, I'm praying for you through this. Those things were consistently there all throughout my teenage years. And so those are the things that we practically can do as parents, even whenever they're going through those teenage years, that, that maybe they're not as impressionable as we might think that they are. But guess what? They're listening. Okay? They are. They're paying attention. So we want to impress scripture on their hearts, but then we also want to impress faith on their hearts. You know, when I was real small, three, four years old, 
my mom was not serving the Lord. And my grandmother, my granny, would take me to church with her every Sunday. And um, she made it her mission that if my mom was not going to take me to church, because I, I was the oldest and only grandchild at the time. And I have fond memories of my Sunday school teacher and making crafts and just, you know, going to church with my granny. And, um, and I'm so thankful to look back at the heritage of faith that my family set for me. And then when I turned 10 years old, my mom radically gave her heart to the Lord. And I mean, I look back and see how things drastically changed in, in our lives because she gave her heart to Jesus. And so anything and everything that my mom was learning, she began to teach my sister and I. And, and if that was, you know, the different scriptures, if that was, you know, how to pray scripture, that those are the things that, um, that she did. And so I'm so very thankful for the the heritage of faith that was passed along and how they showed me the example of the, and the importance of going to church as a family and to make that a priority um, in our lives and then also our prayer life. And so I want to read you the, a scripture. In fact, I, I actually wrote for our Journey Girls blog this past week. This was the scripture that I used talking about a heritage of faith. In 2 Timothy 1.5, Paul is encouraging Timothy, um, you know, because he recognizes this heritage of faith in his life. And he says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother, Lois, and then your mother, Eunice. And I know that some faith, the same faith, continues strong in you. And so what an awesome thing to, to recognize the legacy, the heritage of faith that um, was passed down in, in Timothy's life. And I see that, you know, in my own life. And so I choose to also want to pass that on to my children as well. And, and the different ways that we can do that, like I said, praying scripture um, over, your, over your kids and teaching them how to pray um, themselves um, you know, when, when my kids were little and that we would discipline them, I remember after we would discipline them, I would say, okay, well now let's ask Jesus to forgive us, you know, for hitting our brother in his head, you know, or something like, you know, whatever the situation was, you know, and so I was teaching them that, okay, yes, there are times in life that, that um, correction is needed and discipline is needed, but then you also need to know that you can ask for forgiveness because we serve a loving God who forgives us um, for the sin in our life. And so I believe that that is a wonderful way to impress our faith on them. And, you know, now that they're older, you know, um, there's, you know, the advice that... Um, that is given to them, like I said earlier, it's like, okay, you know, have you prayed about it? Just, just pray about the different things that, that you're facing, you know, so that, so that when I'm no longer here for them, they know how to go to the Lord and depend on him and, and have faith and so forth. And, you know, um, one of the things, it's so funny because we never, we never really, you know, know what all they're really absorbing until all of a sudden you're like, wow, they were really listening. Well, I, I was always one, I've always been one to pray with them, like when they have tests coming up and, and so forth. And so I can remember when the boys were like, you know, in middle school when they have that like leap test, you know, that, that really big test that they have to take. 
And, um, and I remember um, heading on the, on the way to school one day, and, and one of my kids looked at me, and he said, um, you know, because, you know, you get anxious for tests, and we, we always pray over tests. And he just looked at me and goes, well, are we going to pray about this test? I need all the Because prayer. this yeah. is a big test. And I was just like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, you know, but it wasn't me making the initiative. It was like it was ingrained in them then. Okay, um, we, we always, this is what we do. We always pray, and I, we really need to pray about this test. And so even to this day, with them being in, in, in college, you know, I'm like, what time is that test you're taking? Okay, Mama's going to be praying for you that the Holy Spirit will bring back to remembrance all that you've studied and all that you've learned. And so those are just different ways that we can impress our faith on them. And I just want to encourage you that you may be thinking, well, I didn't have my mom um, wasn't a believer in my grandma. I don't have that kind of heritage. Well, then you choose today that it starts with you. Yeah. It starts with you, and it's going to be passed down to your children and your grandchildren, and there is going to be um, a heritage of faith and a legacy set before yeah. them. That's good. All right. Uh, and what we're impressing on our kids, impressing scripture, impressing faith, the importance of that, and letting that be the, the, the cornerstone within their life. And, you know, when we were talking the other day, you know, about sharing different things, I said, well, the, one of the things that I want to be able to share uh, with the church family on Sunday morning is that if we're impressing the right things on our kids' heart and lives. Then we also need, as their parents, as their grandparents, we need to make sure that we're impressing wisdom within their lives as well. Now, here's the reason why I say that is because whenever I was growing up, my parents impressed a lot of wisdom within my life. Uh, I remember whenever I got into my teenage years and my parents would tell me things, a lot of times I kind of shrugged those things off like, ah, you know, I don't need to hear that. You know, in my mind, I'm like, I'm young, I got it going on, you're old, whatever, you know. And the reality is there was a lot of that stuff that I shrugged off, but guess what? It still got in here. And what I saw is whenever I matured and whenever I got to a place in life, eventually those seeds, remember I talked about seeds, those seeds that my parents sowed inside of me for wisdom, they begin to grow. And, and those things, and it, this is what's crazy, a lot of times you'll say things, you'll do things, and you're like, you know what, I sound just like my dad, or I sound just like my mom, and that's because of those seeds of wisdom that they were impressing in my life. Even in the times where I'm like, you know what, I, I don't need all that. And, and here's what I want to read to you today, Proverbs chapter 4. I'm going to read this to you out of the message translation. I don't typically use the message translation. I use it somewhat in study time, but it reads almost like a novel. And uh, I, I like the way that it describes this about wisdom because uh, the King James Version says wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. How do we get wisdom? We gain it in the presence of God, <coughs> allowing the Holy Spirit to lead our lives. But in the message translation, there literally is six verses here that they take, they put it together, and, and it's like a dad appealing to his son about getting wisdom within his life. And here's what it says. When I was a boy at my father's knee, the pride and joy of my mother, he would sit me down and drill me. Take this to heart. Do what I tell you. Live. Sell everything and buy wisdom. Forage for understanding. Don't forget one word. Don't deviate an inch. Never walk away from wisdom. She guards your life. Love her. She keeps her eye on you. Above all and before all, do this, do this, get wisdom. Write this at the top of your list, get understanding. Throw your arms around her, believe me, you won't regret it. 
Never let her go. She'll make your life glorious. She'll garland your life with grace. She'll festoon your days with beauty. Man, what a beautiful passage of Scripture. And one of the things that I want to point out to you, I don't know if you were noticing that when we were reading through it, over and over and over you see exclamation points in there. In other words, the dad is like emphasizing, you've got to do this, you've got to get this in your life, sell everything, get understanding, get wisdom, this is so important for your life. And I'm just going to tell you, as parents, as grandparents, we need to be imparting good, solid, godly wisdom within our kids' and grandkids' lives. How do we get that? We allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, not not our emotions, not the world, the culture of this world that we live in, but we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. And here's what I'm going to tell you. You might say, well, well, what does that feel like to have the Holy Spirit lead me, okay? And here's what it looks like. Whenever you're interacting with your kid and all of a sudden you get a, what I call a check in your spirit about something within their life, that, that's not your conscience, that's the Holy Spirit, okay? Or, or they're hanging out with a friend and all of a sudden you get that check in your spirit like, I don't know about this friend. Do not brush that off, all right? Don't be like, well, that's just me being critical. No, I'm going to tell you something. When you get a check in your spirit as a parent and you are a believer, you walk in relationship with Jesus Christ and you've allowed the Holy Spirit lead me and direct me, I'm going to tell you the Holy Spirit will give you those checks. So what do you do in that moment? Well, what you do in that moment is you begin to pray for your child. You may even begin to pray that God would maybe sever that relationship that is there because the Bible shows us that bad company corrupts good character. You can raise up your kids for everything that they, to love Jesus and serve Jesus, but they go start hanging out with the wrong crowd. Sometimes it doesn't end out up all so well. So as a parent, this is one of the things we always told our kids. Hey, listen, you don't have to tell us these things, but guess what? The Holy Spirit going to tell us, okay? And, uh, and we know how to pray for you. We know how to pray in these situations that you're facing. So we need to be able to be led by the Holy Spirit. We need to be able to impress wisdom within our kiddos' lives. Now, you might say, well, what are some things that your parents impressed on you? Well, I actually just wrote some things down uh, that my mom and dad impressed on me, the, just the wisdom that they had. One of the things that they impressed on me was to fear God. Now, I'm not talking like, oh, I'm fearful of God. He's going to strike me down with a lightning bolt. I'm talking about to honor, to respect, to, to love God. They, they imparted that. They impressed it in my life. They impressed in me to hang out with the right friends. And guess what? I had a lot of friends that I hung out with that were not the right friends. And little did I know, my mom behind the scenes was praying those relationships to be broken. So the wisdom of right friends, uh, the wisdom of, of, of a godly woman. Uh, my mom and dad were praying for Stacy long before she ever came into the picture. And you know what? I, I look back in high school, some of the girls that I dated, and little, little did I know my mom was behind the scenes praying them away, okay? <laughs> and, and, and praying for Stacy. And when Stacy came around, my mom was like, you know what? I, I like her. You know, one of the things she liked about Stacy is that she was tall. She's five foot eight. She's like, you're six foot three. You need a tall girl. And I'm like, okay, whatever, mom. She's pretty too, you know? Uh, all that good stuff. So a godly woman. Stewardship. I remember sitting and watching my dad do the bills and steward, and they taught me the principles of not uh, going and getting yourself in over debt. I remember my mom saying this. She said, there's a lot of people around you who look like they have a lot of stuff, but here's what they have. You look at us and you think, well, we're poor, but those people just have a lot more bills than we have. 
And she said, we, we'd rather be responsible with our finances. Good stewardship. And then they taught me, I watched this in my dad's life, the value of honesty and integrity. Uh, being somebody who, when you say something, when you give your word, it is there. And you can hang your hat on that. So uh, impress on your kiddos wisdom. Because we want our kids to be different than the world. Am I right? We don't want them to act like the world, think like the world. We want them to act and think like Jesus. And there was a figure in the Old Testament that I thought about the other day. Because this figure was one of the individuals that whenever the children of Israel were getting ready to go into the promised land. But God had said, you know, this is the land that I have for you. He sent spies to go check it out. And they, they selected 12 guys. They went and they, they got there. And these guys, they looked around. And they said, there's all these giants in the land. It's, it's terrible we can't overtake the land and so they they went back to Moses and there was a lot of fear and doubt and anxiety and they got the people all worked up and there were two individuals Joshua and my friend or my my friend uh man I'm really a lot older than I thought I was okay uh there was Ka his friend Caleb and Caleb uh he actually the Lord spoke about him in such an awesome way because in Numbers 14 24 it says this uh, whenever the Lord was talking about the different judgment that would come, he said, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him to the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. In other words, nobody else got to see the promised land, but God said, you know what, Caleb, because you were different, because you committed to wholeheartedly serve me and because you walked in faith, you're going to possess exactly what I had intended for you to possess. And so here's the thought that I have with that. What we impress on our children makes a huge difference. Because we want them to be different from the world, but we also want them to make a difference in this world. And we want them to be able to step into everything that God has for their life, right? And so we need to be impressing the right things within their life. And so the first thought for some of you in this room, maybe you're here this morning and you you don't even have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never surrendered your heart and your life to Christ. And here's what I want to tell you. You, just like everybody else, we're all born in the same way. We're all born with a sin nature. And our sin nature in reality, it, it, it dominates our life. And we can try to be religious. We can try to be good and all those kinds of things. But the reality is that if we die in that sin nature without the, the price being paid or receiving that for our life, we do face an eternity of separation from God. That sin will separate us from God for all of eternity. We face hell. But the good news for all of us is that Jesus went to the cross. He paid that price for us. And all we have to do is by faith receive. Jesus, I receive what you did. Come into my life. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Be my master. And we choose to step into the family of God. It makes all the difference in the world because then... We begin to walk in the life that God intends for us to have. And then we have that relationship with the, God. And then we can allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and direct us. So here's what I want you to do. Everybody in this room, close your eyes for a moment. And maybe on this Mother's Day weekend, you identify with that. You say, Pastor Jay, I, I've not taken that step from my life. I've not surrendered my heart to Jesus. And on this Mother's Day weekend, I want to receive Christ as the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm tired of trying to do everything on my own. I want to walk in relationship with God and allow him to lead and direct my life. Well, listen to me, my friend. If that's you, I want to pray with you. There might be others of you in this room right now who would say, well, Pastor, I had a relationship with God, but my heart has drifted from him.
And today I recognize the need of returning to him. Today I recognize the need of renewing my commitment to Christ. I want to pray with you as well. Every eye closed in this room, nobody looking around. This is a very private, very personal moment. And if you would say, Pastor Jay, I want to be a part of that prayer that you're going to pray. I want to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of my life for the first time. Or I want to renew the commitment that I made long ago to him. I want to renew that commitment. I want to be a part of that prayer that you're about to pray, Pastor Jay. If that's you, wherever you are in this room right now, do this for me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to know who's, who I'm praying for. But if you would say, that's me, do me a favor and raise your hand in the air. Let me see it. Is there anybody here? I see you right here, right here. I see you in the back over here. Sir, I see you right here, ma'am, here, right here, over here. I see you in the back over here. Praise God, I see you right over here. Is there anyone else? Don't miss this moment. Then right where you are, I see you right here. Right where you are. I'm going to give you the words, but this is your prayer. You talk to the Lord right where you are. You just pour your heart out to Him. And church family, let's pray this prayer with all these ones who raised their hand. Now I want you to pray this loud enough where you can hear it with your own ears. I want you to say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. You went to the cross for me. And you paid the price for my sin. Today, by faith, I receive what you did. And Jesus, I ask for your forgiveness. Wash me clean from the sin in my life. Through your precious blood, today, make me brand new. I surrender to you. I give you my life. And Jesus, come and live inside of my heart. Be my Savior. Today I confess you as the Lord of my life. And I thank you so much for the love you have. And thank you for letting me step into your family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give the Lord a good hand clap today? Man, God is so good. Now. So I'd like to take this um, time to pray for all the moms. So if you're um, a mom here today, would you please stand? If you're a grandmother, maybe you're a stepmom, an adopted mom, um, foster mom, or maybe you're here today and it's in your heart to be a mom, I would like for you to stand also. And I just wanna pray for you, okay? Father God, Lord, we just love you today. And Lord, we just thank you for every woman here. Lord, every mom here that, Lord, has made such sacrifices and who loves their children so well. I thank you, Father, that you would strengthen us today, Lord, that you would give us by the leading of your Holy Spirit, Lord, to impress scripture on the hearts of our children. Lord, to impress faith, build faith in their hearts and to impress wisdom in such a way, Lord, that no matter what phase of life that our kids are in, Lord, that they would know you and that they would love you and that we will repeat over and over again, 
Lord, planting those seeds deep within their hearts. Lord, putting your word in their heart when they don't need it so it'll be there when they do. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for blessing each and every mom here today. Lord, enable them to be all that you've created them to be. And we love you, Lord, and we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says amen, amen. amen. Let's give it up for all the moms. You may be seated. Okay, before we leave, I have a very big, exciting announcement for you. So can I have your undivided attention for just a moment before we leave out? Um, most of you know that we have a women's ministry here called Journey Girls, and we do an awful lot with our Journey Girls groups. Um, we have different events and Bible studies, and in fact, in the past spring Bible study, I told all the ladies there, I said, be sure and pay attention on Mother's Day because I have a great big announcement. And so I'm very, very excited to announce to you that we will be hosting our first ever women's conference yes. yes it will be this fall september 13th and 14th and it's called embrace and this has been in my heart for many many years and so i'm so excited to be able to announce this to you um, registration is going to open today and you can go to takethejourney.tv slash embrace. And there is a web page there where you can click to go register. Early bird registration is only $25. And we are going to have so much planned for you. We have Mercy Lokalutu is going to be coming in from Dallas, Texas as one of our speakers. We're going to have worship. We're going to have a dessert after party and lunch provided. It's a two-day event. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. So I would like to ask you to get the word out to all of your friends and and even other ladies in the community for you to come out and be a part of this awesome time together our very first conference I'm very excited about that all right she kept talking about it for years and finally last year she's talking about it, I said why don't you just do it you know quit talking about it and do it she's like okay so uh, it's gonna be a blast ladies take advantage of that early bird uh, registration is going to be a great event and it's going to be a blessing to your life now here's here's what I want to do I know that you want to also tell them you got some gifts for them as well right so we have a gift for all the moms as you leave out today and this is from one of my all-time favorite stores ever and it's not locally um, here it's um, actually out of Hot Springs Arkansas which is where my daughter-in-law is from and um, so of the many trips that I've made to Arkansas I discovered a gem of a place called called Bathhouse Soapery. And they have wonderful products there. And they also have a store located in Natchitoches. So if you're ever in North Louisiana, you can stop in there as well. But we have um, bath bombs, their signature scent bath bomb for all the moms. And so I'm just so excited to share that with you from one right. of my favorite places. Guys, don't take them. Let the ladies use them. Okay. Uh, but seriously, don't eat it either. Okay. That's, yeah, it's a bath bomb. But check this out. Uh, we just want to say to all the moms, Happy Mother's Day. What a blessing you are. I do want to let all the ones know who raised their hand to give their heart to Christ. Do this for me, if you would. Take out a Connect card, fill it out. Check off the box that says, Today I gave my heart to Jesus. And you can do one of two things with that card. You can drop it at the Welcome Center in the foyer. Or 
you, what I'd rather you do is we dismiss this service. Some of our prayer team is going to be here in the front in our altar area. They're here to talk with you about your next steps in your walk with Christ. So if you could, bring that card up to one of them, and they're here to pray with you and encourage you. And church family, if you need prayer for anything at all, our prayer team is always here to pray with you and show you the love of Jesus. So let's stand to our feet. And once again, from Stacy and I, happy Mother's Day to all of you ladies. And as we leave out of here, don't ever forget this. We don't just go to church. Love you guys. Be blessed and happy Mother's Day.